Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 2nd. It is five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. The world just lost an incredible person, the great Bobby Knight. He was not just an award-winning and record-breaking coach. He was loyal to his players, to his state, and to his country. Tough as nails, but a big heart. This is what Donald Trump had to say about Bob Knight. He went on to say when he endorsed me, it was like the whole great world of Indiana opened up happy and wide. Our hearts and prayers are with his wonderful wife, Karen, and sons, Tim and Pat. Their father was a great man. It has been very interesting over the past, whatever it's been now, 15-ish hours since his death was announced to see uh the outpouring from people because this is it had been rumor night was in very bad health for quite a while and and in fact we had had internal discussions here before about you know how do you handle this because let's face it bob knight passing away is bigger than any governor any senator in in this state i mean this is a bigger deal than that bob knight is one of the all-time most revered people. I mean, he is probably on the Indiana Mount Rushmore. If you were to say these are the four most important people in the history of the state of Indiana, Bob Knight is probably on that list, which is incredible considering he was a, a, a basketball coach. And it has been really interesting to read the and and hear and and watch just the different tributes from people, the different stories from people. And I think that's one of the incredible things about Bob Knight is even if you didn't know Bob Knight, everybody has a Bob Knight story because he impacted mm-hmm. so many people. Uh, so this is the intersection where politics and sports meet and everybody wanted to say something. Mike Braun said the general will be remembered for generations for leading the Hoosiers to the last undefeated season in NCAA history in 1976 and three national titles and his iconic and lasting impact on the sport of basketball in Indiana around the nation. Of course, Todd Young had something to say. Some of my best memories growing up in an IU family were watching games with my dad from IU Purdue nail biters to the Big Ten NCAA title runs. And then you've got Eric Holcomb, who said Coach Robert Montgomery Knight was a towering basketball figure and fighter second to none. And he was. His teams performed much like him. They were disciplined. They were tough. They were smart. They were focused and tenacious. And we talked about this in the first Hour, one of the great things I think about Bob Knight is the stories of the regular people that he touched, impacted, moved to emotion. And again, I know throughout the the fan all day, and then later on WIBC, there'll be former players, etc., people who knew Knight who will tell these stories. And I, look, I think that's that's great because obviously they were friends with him and they got to see you know sides that other people didn't. But I think the most compelling thing is what we're doing right here and what I'm about to do is tell people, regular people who grew up in Indiana, who are Hoosier lifers, telling how Bob Knight impacted you about the memories you have of Bob Knight, 
because his t- the tentacles of Bob Knight are so wide reaching. And I'm going to tell this story and not to say this is some life altering story, but I think there's many people out there who have similar stories and it really speaks to the magnitude of Bob Knight. Casey, I think for most people who are um, profoundly wed to something, there's a moment where they become that thing. And so what I mean by that for me specifically is I don't know if you have noticed, but I'm pretty opinionated about things. (laughs) Why? I also don't know if you've noticed, but I am absolutely not afraid to engage in what I believe is right and what is wrong. I don't know if you've noticed, but I am willing to climb a hill in which you know you're going to be brutally mm-hmm. ripped apart with bullets by the sniper in order to climb the hill. But if I believe it is the right hill to climb, if the cause is worthwhile, then I will climb that hill. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, and as weird as this sounds, it started with the firing of Bob Knight. And I look back on this now, and there's part of me 22-ish years on or 23 years on or whatever it's been now where I say, wow, that was kind of ridiculous. But then there's also part of me that goes, no, this was a life lesson that I learned that I'm so glad I learned and I'm so glad it stuck with me. And what I mean by that is that when Bob Knight was fired, I was a, what would I have been? I would have been a junior, in entering my junior year of high school. And I remember at the time in the lead up to that, every single winter of my childhood was centered around IU basketball. You watched every game. You watched the Bob Knight show with Chuck, poor Chuck Marlowe that had to do that Bob Knight show all those years. And it was like this ingrained thing. And in my house, whether my dad meant to do it or not, it was relayed to me because I remember my dad would stop games and would say, look at what Bob Knight is doing here. Look at how Bob Knight is coaching this guy here. I remember one time my dad stopping a VHS tape it was a game we had taped. We had been somewhere. So you went home back then. You could That was back in the days where you could not know the score. And you could actually watch with surprise about what happened. And I remember him stopping a tape. And Bob Knight was comforting a player and helping a player. And he goes, you need to see this because this shows you Bob Knight is not what people say about him all the time. And so to me growing up, it was ingrained that Bob Knight is a good guy. Bob Knight is molding young people to be members of society. Bob Knight is bigger than a basketball coach. We are lucky to be able to observe and to watch Bob Knight on a daily basis. So when Bob Knight got fired and the way he got fired because of some kid going, hey, Knight, what's up? Mm -hmm. I remember looking at that going, that is so egregious that they were looking to fire this guy Miles Brand didn't have the cojones to fire him when he had the path to, and he was then looking for an excuse with this no-tolerance stuff that he knew Knight would never be able to adhere to. And I remember all of these things. I wasn't political back then. I wasn't into politics back then. I remember looking at all these things going, this is complete crap, and this guy got totally railroaded. And so my instinctual response is like the first time I really felt called to something was I must boycott Indiana basketball. (laughs) And until they make the world right with Bob Knight, Mm -hmm. I must continue to not only boycott Indiana basketball, but in some weird way cheer against Indiana basketball because success for Indiana basketball without Bob Knight will mean that they got rewarded for screwing this guy over who was instilled in me was this just above reproach person who meant so much to me and our family. Like I'm saying this as a 39-year-old guy going, that is 
in one on some level wholly ridiculous. But then I realized as a 39-year-old guy, that's what I became. Mm -hmm. That's the moment where I started taking stands, no matter how ridiculous in hindsight they might have been. But if in that moment there was moral clarity to me to take the stand and the thing was important enough, then you must die on the hill. And now I look back on it and go, man, I missed a lot a lot of time watching IU basketball with my dad because he obviously continued to watch. I remember us having very animated discussions about this and me saying, look, I am taking this stand. And now I wish, man, maybe I had not been as wed to the thing (laughs) because at the end of the day, he was just a basketball coach. But my point on all of this is to say Bob Knight impacted people in so many different ways. People he never met, people he never knew. He was so special to those people and had profound impacts on people that he was never told about, that he would never know, but he did it by existing and by being Bob Knight. You can attribute your conviction to him. And a giant of the game, a bigger personality, a lot of people spending today with their memories of him. Uh, First Sports Illustrated cover he was ever on. Yes, and I know you know this. Because your Jan- husband is a guru. January 26, 1981. Yeah. It was actually the Super Bowl preview. And the headline was Bob Knight of Indiana. And it's a picture of him in the red jacket. And he seems to be yelling and pointing a finger. What? <laughs> you don't say, Casey. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go down some memories. Here's Bob Knight talking about motivation. You can talk about all the motivational speeches and phrases and devices in the world, but the greatest motivator of all is your ass on the bench. There is no better motivator. Ass meets bench. Bench retains ass. Ass transmits signal to brain. Brain transmits signal to body. Body gets ass off bench and plays better. I mean, it's a hell of a sequence of things that takes place. Well, might be for you guys. So, uh, I told Kevin this story before we went on the air. I was kind of impressionable when I was younger, mm-hmm. Casey. And so after Bob Knight got fired, he wrote a, a book. He, he decided he was going to Texas Tech. He had written this book. And he starts kind of this barnstorming book tour, um, obviously, before he becomes the Texas Tech coach full time. And he's trying to make as much money off it as he can. And this must have been my senior year of high school. He's at the Meyer in Avon. And I was working part time at a construction crew. And the guy who owned it was a really good dude. He was in his late 20s at the time. And he convinces me, he goes, hey, hey, Rob. So I would have been 18. He goes, hey, Rob, we got to go to Meyer and get this book signed by Bob Knight. We'll buy books. And then it was, you know, a free signing. If you are in line and he's there long enough, you'll get it. So we get there, Casey. And no joke, there is a line. This, he's in the back of the Meyer. The line is out the door and draped around the Meyer. And we were in line for three Hours mm-hmm. to get this book signed. And at the time, there's, and you can still find it, I'm sure, there was actually, an, I think it was an Associated Press article written about it. And I'm actually quoted in the article yeah. being rather opinionated as I would become <laughs> right. about this and about how Bob Knight got screwed and blah, blah, blah. And so the whole time we're in line, this guy who is in his late 20s, who knows I'm very impressionable, goes, Hey, man, when you get up there, 
you got to look right at him and just look at him and go, hey, knight, sign oh. my book. And I'm all ready to go. And I'm, uh-huh. yeah, okay, don't uh-huh. threaten me with a good time. I'm going to do it. And I got up there and I got eye to eye with Bob Knight. And I just said, hello, Coach Knight. Mm-hmm. Thanks for signing my book. Yeah. <laughs> After he goes, man, you totally wimped out. I'm so disappointed in you. So he had a huge, clearly, obviously, big influence on the world of basketball. Immeasurable, right? But it wasn't just college basketball. He also coached the GOAT, Michael Jordan, and Team USA to the 1984 Olympic gold medal. And here's Bob Knight talking about Michael Jordan being a great basketball player kid is just an absolutely uh, great kid. If I were going to pick uh, the three or four best athletes I've ever seen play basketball, he'd be one of them. I think he's the best athlete I've ever seen play basketball, bar none. If I were going to pick people with the best ability I'd ever seen play the game, he'd be one of them. If I were going to pick the best competitors that I'd ever seen play, he'd be one of them. So in the categories of competitiveness, ability, uh, skill, and then uh, athletic ability, uh, he's the best athlete, he's one of the best competitors, he's one of the most skilled players. And, And that, to me, makes him the best basketball player that I've ever seen play. I think it's really interesting. Of course, everybody's going to be talking about, you know, Bob Knight throwing chairs, yelling at players, the big personality that he had. But you also have to remember, this guy knew basketball and he definitely taught his players the quality fundamentals of the game. All right, what are we doing when we come back? What, what's up? You know what? Kevin spent a lot of time bleeping a, uh, <laughs> a, a Bob Knight tangent. And I, we, we have to I love play it, it Perfect. Next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Two minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So it was announced by his family last night that Bob Knight passed away at the age of 83 yesterday. And he said, we talk about the will to win. Let's eliminate the will to win and think about the will to prepare to win because the preparation is much more important. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody wants to prepare to win. Well, Kevin, you came prepared today for the show. Bob Knight, known for throwing chairs and saying exactly what is on his mind. And that's what he's doing in this segment, saying exactly what is on his mind. And here is a Bob Knight tangent. Want to play that I'm getting the out of here. I mean, if you're not going to recover Greg Graham, if you're just going to let him drive by it, if the rest of you are going to let him catch the ball outside the three-second lane and drive all the way in here without one guy challenging him, then I'm leaving and you guys will run through you can't even suffer. Now, I'm tired of this I'm sick and tired of an 8-10 record. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to around this week. Now, you may be, but I'm not. Now, I'm going to guarantee you that if we don't play up there Monday night, you're going to believe the next four days. Now, I am not here to get my ass beat on Monday. Now, you better understand that right now. This is absolute bullshit. I'll run your ass right into the ground. I mean, I'll run you. You'll think last night was a picnic. I had to sit around for 
attention to that aren't you <laughs> you know you're gonna go out and play better yeah after you're, that you're gonna get it together yeah all right so we say we got a, quite a few good voicemails today right yeah we did all right do you want to take a break so that way we've got time to get plenty of time to get into these good voicemails yep it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc it's time to hear from you kendall and casey present voicemails Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. The phone number 317-684-8444. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 1031. Time to hear from you and your voicemails. Of course, we welcome your thoughts, questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever you got. So yesterday, Rob, while you were out, there's this story that the Department of Defense announced that they're pursuing a new nuclear bomb. No. And it's apparently going to be 24 times more powerful than the bombs that were dropped on Japan during World War II. Pentagon currently seeking congressional approval and funding as well for this. It's a modern variant. It is going to be called the B-61 nuclear gravity bomb. And right now, according to the Federation of American Scientists, yes. the U.S. has a stockpile of about 3,700 nuclear warheads, Ooh. of which 1,419 are strategic nuclear warheads. Mm. Okay, so somebody wanted to call and make a comment about that. So you guys were talking about nuclear bombs. Um, I'm going to give you two fun facts. Uh, when I heard you guys say that, oh, this new bomb the U.S. is building is 24 times the power of uh, the Hiroshima bomb, that's, compared to what the U.S. has tested in the past and what other countries have tested in the past, that's actually not that big. Uh, the largest U.S. bomb was the Castle Bravo, which was a 1,000 times more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb. And the, uh, I think it was at 14 megatons was the Castle Bravo. Uh, and the Tsar Bomba detonated by the Russian, Russians was the 50 megatons, and that was like over 3,000 times more powerful. Um, and there's actually an app you can go to, which I, I'm not sure why this app exists, but if you can pick a city and you can pick a select list of nuclear bombs and you can see how each of those bombs would affect that city. <laughs> That's good to know that there's an app for that. <laughs> you know, yeah, do, do we need that? Great. Do we need do we need an app for that? It's great to know. All I know is I'll be hiding under a bed somewhere. <laughs> Doesn't make me feel very confident. Of course there's always going to be bigger bombs. I think this is uh Joe Biden's uh move to let China know, hey, you know what, we can build them bigger and better. Yeah. And uh, that's always going to be the case, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even though he's the guy who said that he was going to start eliminating them. Okay, so also uh, in the news, counties using high school students as poll workers. Oh, yeah. In the upcoming election, and somebody wanted to call and comment about that. Concerning young poll workers, I have worked the polls for over a decade, and 
at least three different times, I've had 16, 17-year-olds work in the polls. They are intelligent, enthused, and enjoy the opportunity to learn about the electoral process. They're a pleasure to work with. Thank you, and good day. Keep it up. Did you ever work a poll when you were younger? Oh, I, I, well, I, what's your version of younger? Okay. I mean, like as an adult, I did many yeah. times in my okay. in my twenties and thirties. Yeah, absolutely, went out there and was the person that say, "Hey, name, ID, uh, okay, matches up, address, sign here." Uh, oh, I forget if they call not greeter, greeter is not the right word, clerk or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. I forget. There's names for. There's usually three kind of positions at the at the poll. There's judge, there's clerk, and then there's something else. And I was always the lowest level. You were person. the something else. I was a precinct committeeman too. So for a long time, I don't think they do do it this way anymore. But for a long time, my job was to uh, staff the polling places, to find the judge and the clerk Mm -hmm. and the et cetera. Well, you'd have an easier time now if you could include high school students. Yeah. They have to be 16 or 17 years old, have to have at least a 3.0, have to have written approval from their principal as well as a parent or a guardian, and they have to finish some mandatory training, and they get paid as well. Well, look, being a clerk is not rocket science, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. When you walk in to vote, as most of our people hearing this will know, you simply uh, say name, Mm -hmm. address, Look, I, I don't know the exact order on this now. It's been many years since I've done it. But then the person will say their name, their address, ID. You look at the ID. They, you know, you look at the person, the signature. You don't even sign the book anymore. It's now a electronic thing with the, the barcode on your driver's license. Yep. And then you go on your merry way and you're checked off and somebody else handles the actual, you know, the, the again, it's the, the judge and there's another supervisor or whatever who handle the actual hey put the thing in the machine make sure it works etc being a clerk if you got a high school kid who's you know reasonably intelligent it's not that hard to pull off well the 3.0 on yeah, a 4.0 scale absolutely. they are going to be reasonably intelligent okay also uh we talked about yesterday how the indianapolis police are uh debating on whether to bring an outside consultant in to help And uh, Chief Taylor said that they want to comb through their cases to find trends, whether there's changes that need to be made in the department, uh, like police training, further educating the public, also promoting more firearm safety courses. And somebody called and had a comment about consultants. I just wanted to give you a little paraphrase around consultants. I have been a consultant. I have hired consultants. And we have a phrase to describe that. A consultant is a person you hire that takes your watch and tells you what time it is. You have a good, cold, brisk day up there in Indianapolis because it's cold today here in Texas, too. Have a great day. (laughs) Don't you love a consultant? You ever had to work with a consultant before? Uh, Yes, we've had we had one here. In fact, when we remember when we first started together. All right. David, David Hall. Yes. His name came up and told us all the things we needed to do. And that's why we're so in part resoundingly successful. Yeah. Uh, And do you like that? It's always like criticism. It's like they get paid to tell you how bad you are. I'm always fine with someone who tells me how to be better, Casey, because we all know I definitely need help being better. (laughs) All right, Kevin, this next phone call is for you. It's about the uh, voicemail song intro we're using again. Yeah, this one's for Kevin. Uh, You guys have said that there's only two songs with an answering machine. Well, you've overlooked one very good one, and that's Blake Shelton's Austin. 
that is a the whole song is about an answering machine. So maybe you'll play it one day. I'm not the biggest country guy, mm-hmm. and I know that would drive Rob crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like the Blondie song isn't already, huh? Yeah, I mean, I know we're uh, testing Rob with that one, but I don't mm-hmm. think I could do that to him. You can't push play. it with a country song? No. I've never heard that song either, and I am a country music fan, so maybe I have to check that one out. Yeah. Okay, uh, somebody called and had a comment. Uh, the name of the show? Our show? Yeah, Kendall and Casey. Yeah, somebody called and wanted to comment on that. I'm sure you guys argued like Lennon and McCartney over whose name came first. Obviously, he was at the show first. And to me, Casey and Kendall rolls off the tongue a little better, uh, you know, like Lennon and McCartney did. I think Lennon and McCartney rolls better than McCartney and Lennon. But I'm sure you argued about that, and you can confirm that. Oh, isn't that nice that he thinks that we had a choice? <laughs> We were we were told yeah. what we were going to be Absolutely. called. Yeah, we, we we have no rights around here. Yeah, it wasn't like you know Rob said no me first yeah. or whatever. No, we we were told what we would be calling ourselves, and uh, they, they told us it would be Kendall and Casey. Okay, uh, last phone call yesterday. Uh, John Kirby, White House spokesperson, was talking about. He was asked the question from Peter Ducey if uh, these anti-Semitic. Uh, people would be considered domestic terrorists and he did not have an answer for that but somebody wanted to call and comment on that hey good morning um so we are or i'm sorry john kirby can't figure out whether these people are domestic terrorists or not but yet if we show up at a school board meeting and we stick up for our kids and tell them what they actually need to be learning instead of all this BS. We are domestic terrorists. I think these people are a little backwards. I mean, Satan crats, devil crats, whatever you want to call them. But yeah, the hard left, I don't know. These people are crazy. Have a good day. See ya. Oh, by the way, love you, Casey. Okay, so he's got a point there. The the Biden administration has called MAGA supporters extremists. And when asked about any of the things that are going on in the college campuses or any of the people tearing down the um, photos of people, if they're domestic terrorists, and they, they said no, they wouldn't commit to that. So what's the difference between an extremist or a domestic terrorist? There's a line there somewhere. Yeah. And they're not able to articulate it. It is 1041. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Hammer's going to join us next. Good morning, 1046. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And Hammer joins us in the studio. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, and look at you guys getting your photos in the Washington Post like big-time folks. Yeah. Um, So there's an article. I don't know. Did you guys talk about it yesterday at all? Uh, The Washington Post about the kind of the, 
uh, safety of downtown Indianapolis. It kind of centered around... What are these peacekeeper people or whatever they're called? What's right. the name for them? The Aldi's version of the Ten Point Coalition. Yeah. <laughs> <They're good. laughs> and you know that was kind of the focal point of the um, of the article. But we were mentioned in it. The writer mm-hmm. came here. We didn't mention it on air deliberately, but she was here for a day. She sat in with us, and then several of our quotes and photos ended up in uh, the Washington Post. Yeah, big, and long people article. got their panties in a twist yeah, on social media about this. And I specifically mentioned that there's a bad, aggressive bum problem downtown. Yes. Right? Which is totally true. Right. And I mentioned you can't walk to a Pacers game or a Colts game without having to walk over or around homeless guys. And a lot of them are either either wanting to give you, wanting to receive some type of narcotics. Yeah. And I say this as somebody that works down here every day and goes to a lot of sporting events and lives in Indianapolis. And on top of that, my son works in the promotions department here and he was going to an event the other night driving the big you know WIBC yeah. station vehicle out into the alley and of course here comes some vagrant asking him if he has any smoke or where he can get it mm. <laughs> No smoke. What, what was the answer? Does that mean cigarette? That does not mean oh, cigarette. Oh, it does not mean cigarette. <laughs> but I just, I am amazed at, so we're in this article. It's not like, you know, we said anything hyper inflammatory that's quoted in there. We made a fairly obvious observation, which is that the, the homeless issue, the drug issue, mm-hmm. violence issue, totally out of control downtown over the past eight years has deteriorated. Right. I mean, you see it based on foot traffic downtown. You see it based on commerce downtown. And you see it based on statistical numbers. Right. And there, Facts. Are, there are people that today are still are still mm-hmm. tweeting at us yeah. hate because we had the audacity to say downtown's kind of a scary place and I wouldn't recommend to people you go waltzing around after dark down here. Well, not only statistics, but you see it because of, well, vision. And while the reporter was actually here in the studio, we looked out the window and said, oh, look, there's somebody right there. Yeah. I mean, Guy Relford was walking up to do a hit with us for Monday Gun Day one day Mm -hmm. and was accosted by some drugged out lunatic on the circle. That's the gun guy. Now, he's a pretty big, Mm -hmm. strong, imposing dude. And if a guy like that is being hassled by some of these rejects, then anybody can. And the people coming at me saying, well, you just hate the homeless. No, 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 no. There's a difference. The folks that are at the Wheeler Mission, the folks that are at the Salvation Army, or maybe even tucked up under a tent by a bridge. These are the people without homes that need some help. The people out here on Monument Circle trying to get drugs from my son, offering drugs to my son, masturbating by the window, and fornicating on the monument, all things which we have photographic proof of, by the way, those aren't the homeless people. They're vagrants and drug addicts, and nobody's doing anything about it. And we're not politicians. Like I'm amazed that people, I mean, again, for basically two days now, these people are tweeting stuff at us, like one, that bothers us, but two... As though we have some control over anything. We are people with observations the same way as any other human has an observation of what they see and what they observe. Mm -hmm. If you think it's great, if you are comfortable going around downtown after dark, you know, if you think you're super safe, then go do it. What difference does our observation make? It is the fact that we exist 
that bothers them so much. I'm old enough to remember having to drive the wrong way down an alley to avoid rioters during the summer of love just to get out of here in time (laughs) because angry mobs were coming down the street. And the thing that kills me, and you see this all the time, these people that go on social media when you talk about the crime or the homeless, whatever, I'm downtown having a beer. Mm -hmm. I'm not being hassled. You're not supposed to. That's, <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way it's supposed to that's be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But the fact that a lot of people have had other experiences doesn't make that your picture, virtue signaling of you downtown, doesn't make you right. And and the fact that they, um, the fact that they, like, a lot of our people have been fired from this building doing it too. <laughs> like, you know, there's one guy that we've named the HR office after. <laughs> That's the first one to like post those same type of pictures. Look at the homeless. Look, I'm having a beer downtown. Yeah, you also don't have a job down here anymore either. <laughs> I just I don't I don't not I do not understand why people get so enraged. Is it that we have a platform? Is that it? Is that why they uh, and, get that. and I don't hate indie. People get it twisted. You just hate Indianapolis. No, I love indie. Nobody puts on better conventions and has better tourism staff than the people of Indy. Mm-hmm. They're rock stars. And when we hosted the Super Bowl, it was amazing. Nobody's done it better. The things that indie did during that Super Bowl, they're now doing in other cities. This is an amazing, vibrant city. That's why it ticks me off yeah. so much when incompetent leadership turns us into Detroit. Yeah. Hey, you got any Bobby Knight stories? Um, This afternoon, man, we're going to have a lot of Bobby Knight stories. Uh, Calbert Chaney is scheduled to join us at 3.35. Steve Alford is scheduled to join us a little bit after 5 o'clock. I'm going to jump on News Nation at 2.45 this afternoon, talking a little general. Mm -hmm. The thing that I always go back to, and I heard you guys talking about it earlier, Bob Knight wanted you to be passionate about yourself, the game, and your family. And that meant going to class. It meant looking after your teammates. It meant doing things the right way. Not everybody was on board with that. He made mistakes. He was far from a perfect dude. Mm -hmm. Let's not get it twisted. But when you ask the majority, I'd say that probably 90, 95% of the players that were under Bob Knight, they'll tell you, yeah, we bumped heads a few times. It wasn't perfect, but... He helped me every step of the way. Bob Knight would write letters of recommendation for a lot of these players to get jobs that did not have a career in professional basketball. And we'll get into more of that top of next hour. Now, you're going to do something tomorrow that I think is very smart. So, here's the deal. Look, Fat, here's the deal. (laughs) So, as many of your (laughs) listeners know, I had the colonoscopy done this past week. And the prep for that means... You got to have that Jeff Daniels style blowout from Dumb and Dumber, right? (laughs) So I am down a bunch of weight because of that. Yeah. So I am going to take a timeout tomorrow because I'm too far under. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about burning a timeout tomorrow because I'm too far under and I'm afraid because this week is not normal. This isn't like normal. Don't make it too hard the following week. Right. There's no way I'm going to be able to beat that moving forward. Strategy. Smart. No, it's strategy. Yeah, it's very smart. (laughs) And uh, I think you should totally 
absolutely, 100%, absolutely uh, do this. And I never would have thought of that. But this is why you're the host of the number one Have afternoon. you used a timeout yet? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. Now, Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm yeah. telling you right now, that's going to be a problem. But uh, <laughs> here, here's the thing, though. To tie this back to Bobby Knight, I was watching the 87 championship game last night. And the uh, reason that they won the national championship is Bob Knight strategically kept his timeouts and used them at the end of the game to ice Derek Coleman, who was a freshman at the time at the foul line. So you can't take them with you. You might as well use them. And if you think you're so far under that with Thanksgiving coming, you're going to be way over, Mm -hmm. then you're screwing yourself for weeks here. This is actually a really smart play on your Mm -hmm. part. I want this to be done the right way. And right now, like I could weigh in tomorrow and we'd all be like, wow, hammer's down seven pounds from this week. That's not normal because that's all, you know, what came out the back end. Mm -hmm. You can't have a colonoscopy every week, Hammer. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) Well. Matt Bear's tried to give me one, but (laughs) joking, joking. Okay. Uh, so other than IU and Bob Knight, which is obviously going to be a central kind of part of your show today, what else are we working on for the number one afternoon show in the city of Indianapolis? Well, you are going to come oh, by yes, and right. go off the rails. Mm-hmm. This will be the final off the rails until the uh, election where we have Boss Hogg and Jefferson Shreve on the ballot. I want to get your thoughts on that. You made a great point earlier, both of you guys. Mike Braun's endorsement. Yeah, yeah kind of got buried, didn't it? Lost in the yeah. uh, the weeds yesterday. Buried. So we'll get into that a little bit. Got a lot of different things going on. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, yeah. we're going to get into a whole... Do you have any Bob Knights? Like, nothing? You never met Bob Knight or never had an autograph? You know everyone. I never met Bob Knight. No, I, mean, I did I'm not. Really I've sure. got friends who have played for him. I'm I mean, floored by that, that you don't have some sort of Bob Knight media story. Because for years, you were the guy who went in the locker room and stuck the microphone in people's faces. And When he was asked to leave Indiana, I had not yet became a professional broadcaster. Oh, boy. That was that long ago, huh? Yeah. Boy. I would have lost that bet. I, I mean, I was still doing like jock in the hits, yeah. but I wasn't mm-hmm. like news talk radio guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, when we come back, we've got so much more Bob Knight stuff and another exciting, wild, wacky hour of radio. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Show plays a meme in my 